Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today on MTP, we discuss the last two games of the Patriots, have them trending in the right direction. We'll discuss if Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker in NFL history. We'll perform an autopsy on the Boston Red Sox after their elimination from the MLB playoffs. And will we even see baseball next year? This is Missing the Point, episode 93, when it's all relative. Did you hear what Joachim Noah said today? Oh, but that, that, that 9-11 shit to D. Rose's late. I mean, I didn't see the whole quote, but the fact that it's like, come on. I, I didn't read the whole thing, so I'm like, that's, I was just like, really, though? Like, when I saw that headline, I'm like, come on. Come on. Come on. When I found out Derrick Rose tore his ACL, I remember the smells, who I was with, everything. I had the same feeling when I saw the play that that were on 9-11. People would be like, he's crazy for saying that. No, I'm telling you how I felt. Yeah, but it's just like... Read, read, read the fucker world. Like, you, this you is the problem where people can just say whatever they want to say and feel as though it's okay for them to say whatever they want to say. And that's not even the the First Amendment thumpers. That's just in general. People just are not held accountable, and they think the moment that a camera's in their face or they have a phone that they can type on, it's like, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, that that uh, I. I I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I was like, come on, Joe. I'm like, come on, no, like, come on, bro. Like, you, like, you, you come on, come on, put that, you know, put that education in use, brother. Like, you know. Also, it's pretty good editor man- manipulation, too. That thing happened. Oh, for with sure, it. for sure. Because Keith, Keith, Keith Smith, who I follow, it was, well, he, well, he was with Yahoo Sports. Well, I, I feel like I, I, we need, I feel like we should sign his DM, too, because he, he talks about this all the time. Uh, he, uh, he was like, yeah, I'm just going to go on the head out. So and I, that's, how, that's how I saw the link. And I was like, I don't even want to click on this because I'm going to get annoyed. And I'm just like, there's no fucking way. I don't care what headline you use. There is no way in any situation that a sports-related injury can be prepared to one of the greatest, to one of the biggest tragedies of American history. Like, what are we doing? What, what are we doing? I, I, I do understand what he's saying. You know, there's things that happen in your life where you remember where you were when they happened. Like, I can remember every car accident that I've been in. I can remember every single one. But that doesn't mean that it compares to 9-11 where I was sitting in, in my eighth grade history class and then went throughout the day trying to figure out what what, what happened. It's like, there's a, I understand what he's saying, but that it, his analogy is 
awful. Oh, very, very. He could have been like, I remember Derek Rose's injury, the sounds, the smells, like it was, like it was yesterday. It was almost like when my first child was born. Like that's that is more of a that's a, bold, a, yeah. Good comparison than September 11th. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> and welcome into missing the point. No. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, you know what? Right. You're right. Welcome into missing the point. I'm Joe Malkin. He's Ray Sean Buchanan. Craig D'Alessandro is uh, is the guy that's uh, spinning the dials down there, making us sound great. And uh, this is missing the point. And we're happy to be here. Ray, we haven't done a show in a while, so this is kind of a fun one. We've kind of missed all the the big moments with the, with our smaller lineups that we've had. Uh, if from a bigger standpoint, anyway, it was great to be on with Bobby. The last time I was on, when we were talking about the the Patriots and Cowboys game, which uh, is one of the best football games I've ever been to uh, in my lifetime, and I've been to a lot of football games in my life. But uh, Ray, we are here to talk about the NFL. We're here to talk about uh, a little bit of the the start of the NBA and NHL seasons, if we get there, and possibly the end of the Red Sox season. Uh, there, there's a, a lot we could talk about and go over. But let's start with the New England Patriots uh, because we all watched this game against the New York Jets on Sunday. This was a bit of a, I think every game against the Jets is a redemption game for Bill Belichick. I think that's just how he sees it. Uh, right. But the Patriots put up a scoreline that is mildly reminiscent to that of their game against the Tennessee Titans in 2007. Now, granted, this isn't the 2007. This isn't your daddy's Patriots. We can say that now because 2007 was 15 years ago. Jesus. Uh, Thanks, Joe. Right, right. (laughs) Probably like, oh, God. But the Patriots beat down on the Jets 54 to 13. And before we get into the numbers, Ray, what does this game mean for you for this team that is now three and four and has wins against the Jets? the Jets, and the Texans? Uh, it means that I can breathe for another week. Uh, I mean, I, I've been sick to my stomach watching this team overall. Um, and I'm pissed because I feel like that, this, that Miami loss in week one looks worse and worse to me each week. And I didn't think that Miami was going to come in being a decent team. Like we did talk about them being somewhat of a contender um, on our preview shows, but I just can't believe that team has fallen off. And great, you can't know that in week one, but it just, it just looked so bad. Um, after that, so they should they really shouldn't be four and two as opposed to, uh, you know, three or four or even five or two, right? Depending on how, uh, yeah. the, the cookie crumble there. But no, I mean, let's say it just means I can breathe, right? And you know, I'm invested for another week. And listen, I'm gonna be invested all seven teams, but you know, I, I don't have to cry for another week. Like I've been crying, uh, the last few weeks. That Cowboys lost heart, uh, mainly because I have family intentions and they don't call me for anything else, but it was all, you know, it was all on my head about how, you know, Yo, we, you know, the boys going to the Super Bowl. And like last time Dallas was even relevant in that regard, Bill Clinton still hadn't had a relations with Monica Lewinsky. Just saying. But, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. So, but yeah, but that, that's, so, long, long story short, that's how I feel. <laughs> for, the, for, for you young kids out there, that's the time period of 1995 to 1997. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> right. I, I sent this to the group chat after the game because myself and Bobby were both there. And and I still stand by this. And Bobby said I was salty after I said this, but it's I, I, from firsthand experience. Every win for the Dallas Cowboys is a Super Bowl victory. Every win, it, it's just you know, walking out of there. And I, I got to tell you, from somebody again that w- saw it was around it. Dallas Cowboys fans, on the whole, are a very respectful fan base. They're just out of their minds. They're just out of their minds. 
They love their team. They love their football. And not that we don't here in New England. I think we're a little a little less intense because I don't think we need we needed to be in the last 20 years. Mm. Uh, but walking out of there, I heard the same stuff. It was, hey, how about them Cowboys? The boys are going to the Super Bowl. And, you know, and it's like, guys, it's a week five win or yeah, week five win, week five win over the New England Patriots. Like, and I'm not even going to throw anything else in there of like rookie quarterback, anything else. It's a week five win over the New England Patriots who were, what were they at the time? Uh, two and two or um, two, and two, yeah, two, yeah. And two coming in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what, what what's the conversation we're having? Yeah. That Cowboys team is really good, but I, I agree with you. It's another week to breathe because I said this on the show with Bobby the last time previewing the Cowboys game because I picked the Cowboys to win that game, and that game was incredible. This team could realistically be five and two. I, I'll go five and two because I think the Cowboys 100% deserved that win. I think that they had a lot of chances to win it earlier, so that could kind of go either way. Uh, but, you know, really the only loss that was a – bona fide loss for the Patriots was that New Orleans loss. Yeah. And they, yep. and they came in and smoked us. And you know, I that New Orleans team is fun to watch. They don't have besides Alvin Kamara, they don't have a lot of uh beat you over the top. Like they, they just don't have a lot right. Without Michael Thomas, they just don't have that that next X factor. They don't have a lot yeah, of weapons. Mr. 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 Five yard slant and once they yell at the after every five yard route it's, it's yeah. just loud. Right. <laughs> so, but anyway, getting, getting back to where we started, this game against the Jets, a 54-13 to 13 win. Mac Jones, first 300-yard game, whatever. He's an NFL quarterback. 300-yard games should be pretty standard, right? And then two touchdowns, which is great, two passing touchdowns. Kendrick Bourne also has a passing touchdown. And what have I been saying all season long? Give the ball to 84. Put the ball in the hands of number 84 because he's your most dynamic offensive weapon. Without James White, he is your most dynamic offensive weapon. Then Damian Harris comes out a hundred yard rushing game, two touchdowns. This was such a building block game for this New England Patriots team. And the fact that they can now build off of this with a young team, a lot of their veterans are on the shelf. They're not sure if Devin McCourty is going to be able to play this week. Dante Hightower was inactive last week. They played that well defensively. Not that the jets are great, but they played that well defensively without Dante Hightower. And they even got to the Jets' backup quarterback, which hopefully Zach Wilson's okay, the rookie quarterback uh, for the Jets. But Brandon Bolden been playing a, a big role uh, in the offense for the Patriots, which I like because he is kind of your discount James White. And he's always been that way. And it's nice to see him making some plays. So a big offensive day, Ray, for the Patriots and something they really need to build on going forward. Yeah, I mean, we we differ in our stance on Brendan Bolden. I was ready to bring him to Logan Airport. I have been all a year. Yeah, so yeah, it was. It's almost like he's heard me talking major trash about him because he 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 came out, he balled on Sunday. So I uh, thought so maybe we can delay your flight until next week after the Chargers game. Uh, <laughs> just leave him in LA next week. Yeah, just yeah, just, just leave him in LA. Look, man, go, go, there, go, go chill with Dave. Go chill with Dave out there. Then I'm just like, bro, like he, he's he's been killing me. Like it'd be 30 12. Oh, let's run a toss play to Brendan Border. It's like, yo, and I great. That's not all on on Brendan Border because it's the guy is Jesse Jots, which you can get that on mtbshow.com. Uh, go get that t-shirt, go get that merchandise. But yeah, like he's it's just like it blows my mind how many times he's in the game or third What's down. Shirt, it's just right? like, bro, like I just I, I don't have confidence to get that. So say it again. Where's my shirt? 
Right here, baby. MTV, hey. baby. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 it's too sweet. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, yeah. So yeah, we definitely differ in that stand. Listen, I want him to play well. We, I mean, at this moment, we need him to play well. Uh, also, too, and did we didn't bring this up. Listen, Bill, I know you like the same messages because you did it with Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. You did it with other players. We do not have the, we don't have the talent to set players. Player for Andre Stevenson. Everyone in this on this show that listens to healthy me, scratch. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I, I don't he care has, what he was. I, he I want, I need him on the field. Oh, he was okay. Yeah. So that that's the third or fourth time this year. I need him on the field. Everyone in the group chat knows how I felt about him because I've been screaming his name since the preseason. Like, and even since I saw his tape after they drafted him, I'm like, yo, like, this guy is the Garrett Blunt with pass catching skills. Like, I, I need him on the field. So even if it's for five to 10 plays, like we need him on the field for third downs, the more talent, the better. It's not about the scheme at all because they run a single high safety or they run a cover three or they run a niche. Who cares? The more talent on the field, the better. Steven Sick can run over people. Like I said, Boulder, yes, can be overliable. I get that. But Ramondre Stevens just didn't play. So hopefully he plays next week against uh, the Chargers. The Chargers typically do have smaller players on defense. So maybe this is a game that Stevenson gets in and, and starts to dominate, but they need all the help they can get offensively. And just don't get, don't believe the hype just because you scored uh, 54 because that Chargers team can go and it would not be a 43 to zero performance. Like it well, was yeah, last I mean, year. it could be, but what, what if it could be, but I, I mean, come on. I, I just, I don't see that happening. Was, was Dante Hightower injured or was he a healthy scratch? He was injured. He met, he was limited for a couple of practices. Typically, when you miss practice on Friday in the Patriots system, you don't play on Sunday. So let's put it this way then, Ray. What if Dante Hightower was able to go Sunday, but they sat him out and said, we're not going to need you because of the jet scheme. And they said the same thing to Ramondre Stevenson. And we're like, hey, you know, maybe he is banged up because he's been banged up early in this, and not, not like he's been getting a whole hell of a lot of carries, but there's been some points where he's been slow to get up. What if he was, what if he was sat down? And I, under, I I agree with you. Don't this isn't the time to necessarily be seeing players, especially young players, in a game like this. Like this could have been a breakout game for Reminder Stevenson. But what if Bill thinks of him more highly and knows that his running back core is not? It's not bad. I mean, it's not bad. He's got four good serviceable running backs. Had five. James White gets hurt. But what if, what if that's kind of what it was? Of like, hey, we we're going to need you in bigger spots. So this weekend, take a breather. We'll see you in LA. Yeah, I mean, I I really hope that that's the case, and I hope that he has that mindset that you have there. I like I said, I'm just because I'm biased towards how I've seen him play already. I'm like, I want him on the field, so I don't care. So five snaps, ten snaps, like, excuse me, even, even if he's a, a decoy, like, I just just have him out there because I feel like he gen more than not makes positive plays when he's out there. Yes, he had a fumble that you know, once you fumble, you know, you become you know in the dark house. I mean, we get that, but we we saw I think in the Houston game. That, you know, when he gets the ball, it's, it's, it's bowling ball season. He's running people over, you know, doing his best, you know, Derek Henry impression. So we we need that. Listen, I'm, I'm a big Damian Harris guy, too. So I'm glad that he was able to get 100 yards. Um, he runs really, really hard. And, you know, those tree trunks away, he's really served him well, as he always shows in practice. He, he's been awesome. So, yeah, like I said, I just, I do hope that you're right in that, in that regard. That he said, you know what? You know, we may need you for the Chargers more than we needed you for the Jets. And, and, you know, I think we can wrap this up by saying it doesn't matter who's behind center, who's on defense. Uh, in the words of Aaron Rodgers, we own you. We still, we still own you.
It doesn't matter who's playing. We own the Jets. So that's good to know. So from a bigger picture, the the Patriots are now three and four. They're a game and a half behind the Bills who had a bye week this week. So the Dolphins lose, the Jets lose, obviously, because we beat them. The Patriots are three and four. The Bills, I still believe, are a wagon. I, I just think the Buffalo Bills are a wagon of a team. They're foreign. You look at the rest of the the AFC. The AFC West is very intriguing. Uh, I think the Raiders have played harder since John Gruden left. Uh, the Chargers are a very good team. Those teams are five and two, four and two, respectively. So again, the Patriots are going to play another team coming off of a bye here in the coming week, uh, like they just did with the Jets. The Chiefs are three and four, which is surprising. We can talk about that in a minute because I know Craig has some opinions on a certain quarterback uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> right. uh, the Broncos three and four. Uh, not that's kind of the that I think the Patriots three and four is less impressive than the Broncos three and four, but I, I think the Patriots are a better team than the Broncos. Uh, Bengals are five and two, which they just beat the crap out of the Ravens, uh, which was surprising to, I think everyone probably including Bengals fans. Uh, the Browns are four and three. The Steelers are three and three. The AFC is pretty good. It's not, it's top heavy. Consider all things considered because the Titans are five and two, the Colts are three and four. A lot of people are getting worried about the Patriots and, and have would have given up maybe at this point seven weeks through a 16 week or 16 game season. It's now a 17 game season. And I see seven weeks being three and four, not as detrimental as a lot of other people because an eight and nine team may get into the playoffs and that may very well be your New England Patriots. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's fair to say. I mean, obviously, we don't want it to get to no. an eight and nine team. Obviously, I think. Just from a comfortable start, they can get to 10 and 7. Uh, I think that would be, and to me, I think that's still doable to get 10 and 7. So, yeah, I think they have to go 7 and 3, I think the rest of them to, to get there. So, I think that's doable. Now, uh, I'm not going to lie, before the Jets game, I was like, outside of this Jets game, I told a few friends, but I'm like, I don't know if they win <laughs> any of these games. So that's, that, that's how pissed off I felt even after the Houston game, after the, the, the Cowboys game. I'm just like, if you keep losing games that, you know, you're in it. It's like, oh, well, you know, we, we were right there. If it wasn't for a missed field goal, if it wasn't for a missed catch by Algor, it's just like, yo, like, how many times are we going to have those type of opportunities? But yeah, but like you said, man, the AMC is definitely wide open. Uh, we definitely should touch on the Chiefs because, listen, if you had told me in seven weeks that we were going to be tied with them, I'm like, that granted, whether we were five or two and they were five or two or four or three or six or one, whatever. But hey, we're both three or four. And I'm 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 not as I'm not as upset. So <laughs> it's like they were considered to be the favorite. So I'm like, hey, you know, listen, we all we're we're right there where we need to be, baby. Let's get them. <laughs> as a Patriots fan, it's so funny because for 20 years people were, you know, every time we would lose or we would start two and two, like in 2014, and you know, mm-hmm. we would we had that quarterback. We had the best quarterback in the league, and we would start off not so well, and people would get down mm-hmm. their throats and. You know, and now I see it from an outsider's point of view, and I go, just wait a minute, just give it, give it a little bit of time, just give it some time, because this Chiefs team is better than they seem. They have the same coaching staff, they have the same team that they had last year. Nothing has changed, and they went to the Super Bowl and they lost to Tom Brady. I'm not going to hold it against them. They are a good football team with a very good to great quarterback, Craig. That is going to be around for a very long time, Craig. Maybe. (laughs) And they're having a bad start. And that's okay. Bad starts happen. 
three, three and four is not so bad. Three and four looks a lot better than two and five. And yes, I am going to sit here and I'm going to defend the, the Kansas City Chiefs because they've they lost by a point to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They beat the, the uh, they beat the well that was preseason. They beat the Browns in the opening week. They lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Chargers. Right, so Browns, uh, Ravens. Chargers, three very good teams. Then they beat the Eagles, who they should have beat. Then they played the Bills, very good team. They played mm-hmm. Washington, good defense, blew them out. Then the Titans blew them out in, in Nissan Stadium down in, in Nashville, which should have. Well, now they got the Giants. They're probably going to beat the Giants. Probably. Then they got to play the Packers. They got to play the Raiders. They got to play the Cowboys. They got to play the Raiders again. They still got to play the Bengals. I mean, they got a tough schedule, man. I mean, they they got a they have a really tough schedule, and if this was the year that they miss the playoffs or that they get bounced in the wild card round, so be it. So what? So, so what? They're still the best team in the NFL, in my mind. I mean, I, yeah, think, I'm, I think, I'm not I'm not shedding tears that they do honestly. Oh yeah, no. Once again, are, we got hated. We got hated for 20 years buying that shit, and uh, once again, it's ironic that we were two and two the year that we got smacked in Kansas City, right? So it's ironic how. That's the case. <laughs> um, so who knows? Maybe he needs to win a Super Bowl that year. Just saying. Right, exactly. Won a Super Bowl that year, right? So yeah, it's just see, like, that's my point. That's my right. point. Is this, yep. team could, this team could turn around and and give the double birds to everybody. I mean, so, it, it does, so there's a chance for Mac Jones to get to the Super Bowl? I mean, there's a chance. <laughs> there's always a chance for Mac Jones to get to Listen, it, you, you look at the standings. I mean, all right, the Dolphins and the Jets aren't going to the Super Bowl. The Jaguars and the Texans aren't going to the Super Bowl. The the Giants and the Eagles not going to the Super Bowl, but even the Seahawks at two and five, that team can turn it around and get to the playoffs without I mean, Russell Wilson. No, not without Russell Wilson. Geno Smith. <laughs> All right, I can't. I can't but, believe it. No, no. Now we're going to talk about that because Geno Smith is a better quarterback than his head coach gives him credit for. He's, sure, he's a better quarterback than his head coach gives him credit for. No, listen, Ray, because I'm 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 listen. I'm, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. Pete Carroll, his quarterback. Is Russell Wilson right? Sure. Bill Belichick's quarterback is Tom Brady. It, it, it's just it's the way the world works. The, those things are are together. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You take Geno Smith and you put him in there. He knows right away that isn't Russell Wilson. So now he starts handicapping him, just like Bill's been handicapping Mac Jones all season. And I'll, I'm going to throw that out there because he has been handicapping him, and he finally Perhaps. let it fly this weekend. And, and look what happened when he let it fly. The kid's smart. The kid can make the throws. But back to Geno Smith. Geno Smith is not a bad NFL backup NFL quarterback, and he's not necessarily there to play for four or five weeks at a time. So you got to take what you can get from him. But he's not as bad as he – I mean, they, they only lost 13 to 10 the other night because the Seahawks' defense played pretty well. Yep, right. But, but after the 84-yard touchdown pass on Monday Night Football to DK Metcalf, which helped me win my fantasy football matchup in another league, not in our league. After that, Pete Carroll stopped letting them throw and started handing the ball off to the backup running back, who was very good, but he's not Chris Carson. Well, Chris Carson isn't Aaron Jones either. So right. my point is, Geno Smith is being misused by Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll is literally just trying to keep the Band-Aid on until he gets rust back. And now it doesn't look like it's going to be for another two or three weeks. So Geno Smith, is a, uh, he's a better quarterback than he's getting credit for, and he's a better quarterback than what he looked like on Monday Night Football. So so basically you're saying that he could be with 
Teddy Bridgewater was for the Saints a few years ago when Drew Brees was out. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I don't necessarily think Geno Smith is as good as Teddy Bridgewater, but I think if you use Geno, I mean, why do you sign a guy like Geno Smith when you have a guy like Russell Wilson? Because you're looking to emulate that dynamic gameplay, right? If you have two very different quarterbacks, if you have Mac Jones and Cam Newton, those are two very different quarterbacks. You have to run two very different offenses. If you have Russell Wilson and Geno Smith, Geno Smith is the bargain brand basement version of Russell Wilson. So let him play like that. Let him play that way. I mean, look at even with the Chiefs. You look at the Chiefs last year when uh, What's-His-Face had to come in for uh, Matt, no, is it Matt Moore. Matt Moore had yeah. to come in for, for Craig's. Uh, why are names escaping me? Patrick Mahomes. When Matt the Moore bait of my existence. Mahomes, not the same guy, but they ran the same offense. They just mm-hmm. ran the same offense and said, listen, this is our offense. We have a guy that can run it behind our guy if something happens. Let Geno Smith run the offense. Because with the Cardinals and the Rams up top of that division, if you don't let him run your offense, you're in big trouble. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's fair. I mean, you definitely gave me a, a different perspective on Geno. Like, I, I've been out for a while. We know Geno Smith with the Jets. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So he'll forever be a Jet. Him and Jamal Adams. So Jamal Adams ain't done much since he got that new contract, but that's a whole other topic for another day. Yeah, I mean, listen, if he's, if he's able to emulate what Teddy did and and New Orleans, then yeah, they got a shot. But the way Kyler Murray is playing, the way that Matthew Stafford is playing, even though I thought Seattle would win this division before, you know, every, everything has unfolded, you know, they, they're not catching, they're not catching either one of those teams. How how right was Mike about about the Rams this year? How right was he about that team? All about them being really good? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it. yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, no, I mean, but listen, we looked at Stafford because of the uniform and said, well, it's Detroit. He's putting up numbers on a bad team. And, you know, remember, I've said on the show before, that's the guy I wanted. He was the guy. When, they, when, Brady, when we said that Brady was leaving and, we, you know, we did our reunion show before we made this a real thing. I'm like, yo, if you could go get Matthew Stafford to replace Brady, absolutely. What are we talking about? Right. Of course you get a guy like that. He's only in his early 30s. He can sling it. I said that game after um that's on NFL Films, you know, when he his working year against Cleveland, when he separated his shoulder and was like, I'm finishing it. I was like, yo, this dude is tough. Like, I'll rock with him any day of the week. So it, he he was he I was a fan since then. So yeah, when when you got guys like Cooper Cup, you know, you know, Robert Woods, you know, I mean, Sonny Michelle still hasn't done much. So I mean, I guess, you know, we're not we're only missing him from a depth standpoint over right. here. But um, you know, they they have a lot of talent over there. And then when you have the defense they have with Ramsey being able to play every position in the secondary, um, you know, he, he's unreal. Thank God we caught him early in Jacksonville because had they stayed over there, they, they might have got us eventually. <laughs> he's really good. You know, obviously they have the best defensive tackle maybe of all time. That's not exaggerating. Just watch the tape. Uh, Aaron Donald's phenomenal. Maybe the best is Reggie White. You know, we want to pay homage to the past. But yeah, that, that Rams team is phenomenal. And Stafford being... Uh, more than a marginal upgrade over uh, Jared Goff, over over, over Ryan Gosling. It, it, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. <laughs> that was good. Uh, that was a good drop. <laughs> yeah, no, I, my, my, I mean, Mike nailed it on the head. I think we knew it was going to happen, but Mike was like, watch this guy go out here and this Rams team is going to ball. And they did because Jared Goff was clearly not the quarterback everybody thought he was, and yeah, Detroit sucks. is not figuring that out. You know, right. uh, G- Geno Smith greater than Jared Goff. Uh, so, and the, <laughs> I mean that, and that, that's wild. But it's like, yeah, it, it, that should not be the case. But he is. 
Like that team is over seven, bro. They're over seven. Like that. That is. And you got the you got your head coach fucking crying after week five. Like yo, like I love this team. It's like cut it out, man. Like he's a very emotional meathead. He's an emotional. Hey man, yeah. Call yeah, call it what you will. But I'm like, damn, bro, you went from uh from top of what buying our kneecaps and now you crying at week five, man. Week five, not not in week sixteen after you lose a game. They could have got to the playoff. Like Mike Tice back in the day. You know, yeah, you're allergic to the bullshit too. But that, yeah. It's bullshit, Dan. It's bullshit. What are we doing? Why are you crying after week five? So, man, I, I just want to win for these guys. You should want to win for you, Dan. You should want to win for you. No other team has ever lost to 60-plus yard field goals in a season. Man, that tw- like, it, it's just, I, I know for a fact that and, and they are up, say, 21 to 20 with 45 seconds left, like, Every fan in fourth field or, or wherever they are going to go crazy because this is like we're, we're going to lose by a field. So whether it's Tucker, whether it's well, Justin Tucker is the greatest of all time. So Justin oh, just, Tucker yeah, is the yeah, greatest. I mean, yeah, Justin Tucker. That's why I always get him on fantasy. Like I'm, I'm oh, super yeah. biased. Like I'll never pick another kicker. Like I, I would always pick him first about and by and by good, but that, that's just ridiculous. But Justin Tucker is phenomenal. I, I love. Uh, love, love Tucker. Love, love. I, I, I don't want to rabbit hole this, but better than Terry. From a clutch he, he, he's standpoint, up there. I, I mean, he's more. He is probably. We'd have to look at all the numbers, right? Like, let's yeah. let's put Ben Terry and Tucker side by side. I think Tucker is, oh, uh, maybe a half a notch to a notch better than Ben and Terry. And yeah, listen, everybody out there, Ben and Terry kicked the two field goals. He won us the Super Bowl. He did it. Yep. Yep. He did 48 yards. I was there, watched it happen. 48 yards in the Superdome. Never seen my father cry before that moment. I, I get it. I'm there, but watch what Justin Tucker does on a regular basis. And that team would not have won some of the games that they've won. Mm-hmm. If it's not for him and granted military is the same way. Right. But Justin Tucker has put that team on his back. And for a kicker to do that, it's, it's, it's amazing. With, with, with Justin Tucker, I would say that for a longer period of time, there has been because Adam Terry kind of people just kind of forgotten when he was in Indianapolis um, with Justin Tucker, people just for a long time, people just, who's the best kicker in the NFL. People immediately went Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker wasn't even a question. With Adam Vinatieri, people kind of question that for a little bit. Maybe the stats don't bear that out, but as far as like the Super Bowl goes, wins don't bear the, the Super Bowl yeah, wins exactly. don't, don't map it out. I mean, yeah. Adam Vinatieri is one of the most decorated kickers of all time, and it, that you will never, ever, ever be able to take away from him. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, sure. and if he's not, there's there's a problem in in oh, in Ohio for, for sure, for sure. I I, I also think that the success of Goskowski changed our perception on Adam Vinatieri a little bit too. Because before, before a couple of years ago, Goskowski was the most accurate kicker of all time. I think he became the all-time points leader too. He he was money from New England day one. So mm-hmm. uh, you want to talk about going from maybe like the kicker version of Brett Favre to going to the kicker version of Aaron Rodgers. But that's exactly what it was. Like you literally just walked into greatness from day one in 2006. And for 13 years here, he was the man every week. So uh, I think that's what kind of diminished that. So I said, I love that we can have this type of conversation right here because not too many shows are going to talk about how great kickers were or how, how they weren't. But kickers are we people just love, too. We, we, love, we love every aspect of the game. So that's just what it is. But yeah, that, I think, yeah, Gus Kelsey's greatness just right after Vinatieri left to go to Indianapolis, uh, you know, they won right away when he got there. 
um, kind of changed the perspective of what we thought he was. Even though New England fans know, and sure. we have a near and dear to our hearts that what he did in 2001, we did two out of three, you know, to help win those championships, will forever be noticed and, you know, should be remembered because he was, he was a phenomenal player. And as you said, uh, he's, he's easily first ballot. If he's not, uh, they, they need to check their, they need to check the system down there. Can So it, it's, it's just so interesting because I, I think back of now, like we're old enough to where our, our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation saw all these guys play and they're like, wow, you've never, you never got to see this guy play or you never got to see that. I never got to, you know, like I think about my kids, my kids never, are never, well, they've gotten to see Tom Brady play. But they, they don't really know who he is. They're only three and two, but they can't really understand what they're watching. Right. But they never got to see Venetary, just like we never got to see like Blanda or, you know, uh, YA Tittle. Or, you know, we never got to see these guys. And I know YA Tittle is just a random name to throw out there, but like bring it back to New England. Uh, God rest his soul, Sam Bam Cunningham. We never got to see him play. You know, we never, we know who Andre Tippett is, but we never got to see him play John Hanna because right. we're, we were, right born right at the end of their career so we yes. don't see right. that stuff so it's just it's so interesting now to be able to go through three generations of kickers i mean venetary was here from 96 to 05 and then uh you know they brought in they brought in gust guskowski and he was here for 13 years and now we're on the nick folk but you still have justin tucker who's not very old and he's still kicking and he literally uh pun intended and uh it's just great to see i mean what's that yeah, thank you. But I mean, kicker, kickers are a big part of the game of football, man, and they they always have been. And I I don't know how we got on this kicker kick, but uh, I, I love every I love every second of it. So, uh, and I, you know what, I get razzed for it all the time, and I I don't care. I, they're just like offensive linemen. Kickers are underappreciated. So, um, but so look, looking at the NFL as a whole, uh, we we've as we record this, we've now started week eight of the NFL season. The <laughs> Cardinals are the leaders in the clubhouse with the seven and zero record. DeAndre Hopkins had a hell of a move tonight. What's that? DeAndre Hopkins had a hell of a move tonight. Yeah, and he got called on a face mask. Ah, and it got called back. So Chase Edmonds ended up scoring the touchdown, and Aaron Jones just scored a touchdown for uh, the Packers. So that's hey. points to whoever the heck I'm playing in our fantasy league this week. I've been on a tear lately. Uh, so, but anyway, so yeah, so Ray, I, I just, it's been a very interesting season. It's been very intriguing. Dave has said it multiple times. This might be the most exciting NFL season we've had in a long time, uh, just because of the circumstances, the movements, it's a new generation of players in the NFL from a lot of standpoints. We have a lot of young, a lot of young, uh, players, whether it's quarterbacks, uh, wide receivers, Jamar Chase is a man amongst boys. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that kid. That you know, when he got he got into some trouble at the beginning of the season, which has kind of been buried. I don't know if it's just been uh, taken a, a, a whatever. I don't know enough about it. It was another case of what we were talking about earlier of the you know misquoting, really. Yeah, right. And, and oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And mm-hmm. this kid, when they drafted him, and I'm sure Joe Burrow had something to do with it uh, because they said we're going to get these two LSU guys back together and we're going to see what happens. And Jamar Chase has been. Stunned. He's not about a binky. He's just been outstanding. He's a top 10 receiver in the NFL, and he's a rookie. I mean, it's just that's just plain and simple. And, and the Bengals are very impressive to me. If they can keep up what they're doing, I mean, they could they could win that division because the Steelers don't look good. Right. Uh, the Browns look all right, and the Ravens are fine, but Bengals are beating up on some pretty good teams. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I think they, they kind of lot of flack for taking, you know, Chase at five because it was like, oh, like, you know, Joe Burrow just got hurt last year. Like, you need to protect him. So people were saying take Penny and Sewell. Uh, they would say take him, take Rashad Slater, uh, the kid that's out of Northwestern. They would say take him, then went to the Chargers. So there was a few guys that went in Leatherwood who was out of Alabama that went to Vegas. Like, so there was a few guys that was in that draft that were up front that they were saying they should take it that position. But it's like, look, if you were looking to build a dynamic offense, so they have Mixon there, you know, now you got Chase, you got, uh, you know, you got Eifert. They, they have a squad there. And, you know, defensively, they're way, they're way better than I thought that they would be. Uh, but I think, you know, winning changes that and winning allows you to kind of, you know, kind of play over your head, so to speak. And that's what's happening right now. Right. So and I think that Ravens game was really what kind of stamped them as a team that may be for real. And people forget because, you know, we got jaded during the Mar- Marvin Lewis era. Cincinnati was very competitive under Mar- Marvin Lewis. Did they win a the championship? No. But I mean, I don't think Cincinnati's ever won a championship. I think in professional sports are around. Well, not in football anyways. You know, their last championship thing was, was, was the Reds, obviously. But it's just like they've been competitive. So Burrow was already a million times better than what, you know, the Red right, the red Rocket was. You know, you know, shout out to Andy Dalton. But, you know, he, he, he just wasn't that guy compared to Joe Burrow. And, you know, they found their quarterback of the future. So now they're just like, okay, it's, it's time to eat. And they're they're eating up on everybody they need to. And, you know, um, as Craig shared on our, t- on our TikTok a while back, you know, that song, they understood the assignment. Cincinnati has understood the assignment and they're smacking everybody they can as, as they was the AFC North, whether it's the AFC West, South, whatever direction you want, they're kicking ass and taking names. That's what they're doing. So remember when, remember when I had Zach Taylor out as the first NFL head coach to be out, how wrong was, I'm glad I was wrong. Cause it's kind of, yeah, that wasn't, he was like, he was, he was back. He was back. But maybe it wasn't bad. Maybe they were just building the team and they lost their franchise quarterback in week three of the NFL season of his rookie year. You know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah. it takes time to build. And I, I think this is going a little bit deeper into some of the issues in sports and coaching. A lot of times, coaches aren't given the opportunity to build the program. And that's why you see some of these guys in and out in a year, you know, like Vic Fangio has been in Denver because they've been trying to build around the coach and get the players going. And I thought this year was going to be the year, the way they started. I don't like Vic Vic Fangio. I think he might be the first one out. Uh, They've done the same thing with Matt Nagy in Chicago. They've tried to build. They've tried to give him the time to do it. And he hasn't been able to Zach Taylor has been given the time and has now been given the pieces And you have a very young head coach with a very young quarterback with a very young number one wide receiver. And it's looking like if they can keep things going and keep that together, they can make something happen in Cincinnati. And that's what it's about is you can't give it. So like you look at those other coaches, you look at the Fangios and and the Nagy's, you got to give them time. You got to give them time. Even if it sucks for a year or two, you know, it's, it's like the college coaches. It, it takes four years for a cycle of kids to go through, no matter what sport it is, no matter what college it is, no matter what level it is. It, it's going to take a coach three years to really get a feel. And if it's not working out to the third year, that's when you kind of look at it and go, all right, we're not going in a direction. But after year one, year two, unless something like John Gruden's situation happens, you got to give these team times, the, these teams time. To, to do what they need to do. And I'm glad that they gave Zach Taylor that opportunity because I was wrong. I had him out the door and, and I should have thought more along what I just said in, instead of just having him out the door. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, we all did. Like we, it's not like, it's not like we was like, Joe, you're out of control. Yeah, sure. 
we was like, yeah, Joe, like <laughs> you're spot on. His ass should be out of there. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, they, they, they've come back in a major way. And like I said, and now they're balling. You know, another guy, you know, they, we talked about first year coach success and coming after somebody was a guy, it was down in Miami, uh, Dennis Ergerson came in right after Jimmy Johnson and they won right away over there too. So, you know, it's very rare that that happens when you can get a program right away. That's not the John Gruden type uh, situation. But yeah, I mean, listen, co- coaching definitely matters. But yeah, you, you have to allow every owner is not going to be where Robert Kraft has been and just letting him, you know, basically as Bill Parcells said back in the day, you got to let me, you know, shop for the groceries. He's let Belichick start for the groceries, do everything that he needs to do. But a lot of owners have not been as patient. I mean, how Jerry Jones had the clapper in there for 10 years, you know, went through a few A&A seasons, went through a couple of times where they were 13 and three. And, you know, so they had some success and won a couple of playoff games. But, you know, it, it, it does take a while. But at some point, enough is, is enough, which is why, you know, but at, at the same time, if Marvin Lewis got all those years, Zach Taylor should get, you know, at least four or five, at least, you know, like I say, you don't keep doing the same thing over and over again. But once again, if he's building this type of program and they're killing it out there, listen, ride that way. Just, you're back in the boomer science, size of days. Let's go. Right. <laughs> let's go. And, and that's why with them playing as well as they are, you know, you, you give them this year is let's see what happens. This is the, this is the, let's see what happens here. And then if they really do well next year is the year where they're really going to push for it and then really keep it together. I think they're coming into it at a really good time because Pittsburgh is down. Uh, Baltimore isn't down, but they're not up. They're kind of Baltimore right now. Let's see what happens. They're not a bad football team. They're actually a very good football team. I mean, they've kept they, it together. I, I think the injuries are catching up to them. Well, they will catch up to them. I mean, bit. listen, they, 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 got, they just got smacked. Like that, that's just what it is. Like that happens healthy or yeah. not. The, the, the NFL is the NFL. They're professionals. They're professionals. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, right. You, you can, you can get, you can get your shit rock. That's what happened. Um, Lamar has turned the corner, in my opinion. Like I said, me and Mike have had arguments off, off, off the air and on the air about this. I'm a Lamar Jackson supporter. Mike, obviously, he didn't show up on Sunday, but he, he has turned the corner as, to me as a passer. Hollywood Brown is finally, you know, activating my cousin because I'm Hollywood Ray, Hollywood Brown. He's ah. finally activating my cousin, and he's finally, he, uh, he's finally playing better. Well, he's adjusted like, to be a real receiver. He's not just a deep threat. He, he's adjusted to, to right. be an actual NFL receiver. Right, because I'm like, my thing is, it can't be national tenants every day with Mark Andrews. It can't just be him. Because if that's the case, the only throwing to him, it's like, all right, this, this is no different than Philip Riverstone or Antonio Gates all those years. And, and uh, by the it works. But it, uh, San Antonio, excuse, in San Diego at the time and in Los Angeles. So it's like, yeah, it, 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 you're right. It, it did work, but it's like, that's not, it's, it's a new day. <laughs> it's a new day. These athletes are, and, you know, Mark Andrews ain't Antonio Gates either. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be, I don't know, let's it's be pretty clear. good. My fantasy football team, he's, he's no, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's good, but he damn, he damn sure ain't, ain't uh, he ain't number eighty five. So that, that, that's for sure. So Ray, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna really change gears on you here. I, I think we could go on. I think we could go on about the NFL. Craig, you got any more NFL points? Mm, no, I, we've said our piece. Are you? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you're chopping about the bullshit though. I was like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, say, I'm, saving it for, I'm saving it. I'm saving I'll it. Say, He's saying, but the final word, look at him. That's it. Because he knows I'll sit here and defend Mahomes to the death. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ready for that, though. Let's, let's keep going, though. He's, he's <laughs> waiting for it to be all six of us so we can just yell at him. Right, right, right. Um, that's right. And then, I, and then, and then what, what, what's best for me? I can just disappear. 
Mm-hmm. So, Ray, the anger and sadness you said you were feeling towards the Patriots during some of their games this week, and you and I were pretty fired up about their Houston game uh, mm-hmm. to the point where I usually don't go to Twitter, but I went to Twitter and just wrote embarrassing. What I should have done is waited until the ALCS. How upset are you with our Boston Red Sox? So I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm upset with the finish because obviously I felt like they could eventually win seven. But listen, uh, from a team that, we rode off at the beginning of our, we did our baseball preview right after they got smoked by the Baltimore Orioles early on. It was like, look, the season may be done. Um, I, like I said, I brought it up before. Mm-hmm. I do think at the end of the year, I said they may find a way to eke out 90 wins. And they did. They won 92. Um, I just felt like, okay, we're down on the Patriots. We're down on something. It's like, I said, how funny would it be if the Red Sox would be the team that we latched on to. And that's exactly what happened, right? They took us on a ride. And it, and it was, like I said, it wasn't, this wasn't the impossible dream. You know, this wasn't Jim Longboard. This wasn't, you know, the Carlton Fisk waving the hand at 75. You know, it wasn't the 86 run. But, you know, or this is probably closer to the 88 run they had called Morgan's Magic. Uh, this is probably closer to that type of season. Also, a team that didn't really do much the year before. They come back and they find a way to get to the American League Championship Series uh, where, you know, the Oakland A's were a better team. In this case, Houston was the better team. Listen, the bats, the bats just went, you know, as quiet as a mouse. And, you know, in games two and three, they they had us on the highest of highs. And, you know, between the sticky stuff and some other stuff was going on, uh, Houston found a way to get it done. You know, my only thing is I'm just mad that we didn't find sticky stuff too. So we can't, so we could have been facing the Braves in the World Series. That's my only, that's the only thing I'm mad about. I'm not mad. I'm not I'm I, I would love to see him in the World Series. I would love to see them against uh, the Braves. And I hope the Braves beat the rock, beat the breaks off of, uh, excuse me, the brakes off of Houston. But yeah, I, I said overall, it was a great season. They went further than any of us expected. And if we say different, we're lying. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, I mean, you know, me and you got to actually, I think it's actually perfect that you and I are on the show. I think we, me and you, Joe, talked about, I said, well, maybe this could be the 02 or 03 Red Sox. And we talked about that. And he was like, well, that means they're a year away. And I'm like, well, let's see. And, and once again, we kind of threw it out there, kind of like a, you know, shot in the dark, but, you know, we, we were right. They, they were. So they were, you know, they, so hopefully next year they, they are getting to the World Series then. So, Only- right. But no, not, not, not upset though, but I'm, I'm like, I wish we had a different outcome, but they took us on a good ride. Ownership treated this team like they were a year away, but they didn't start treating them like they were a year away until they were really good at the beginning of the season. And I said, I said in that preview show, and I said midway through the season, we got to watch out for this because this is going to be like those teams of the nineties, the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousands where it ends up, you know. They, they blow us out of the water in the first half of the season. In the second half of the season, they kind of just sputter to the finish. And then, well, better luck next year. You know, there's always next year. And while they were a 92-win season, and I had them a little above 500, I think I had them at like 85 wins. I And they went further. You're right. I'd be lying if I said they that they didn't go as far or they went they went further than I thought they would. They went further than I thought they would. Let's keep it simple. Right. And I would be lying if I said otherwise. That's better. Thanks, Craig. Yeah. So, but I'm disappointed. I'm upset. I'm up. I'm upset. I'm disappointed because I, we were fed more BS down the line, down the road. We were just fed the BS and that's a 92 win team that sputtered. 
and could have done better because they stayed healthy. And besides the, the spot where they got COVID, where the guys started going down with COVID, that was understandable why you might lose some games in there. You might lose some momentum. This should have been a hundred win team. This should have been a hundred win team. The way they were at the all-star break, where they came from, how they played against the Yankees down, down the stretch. And then, Sure, and then they get to the playoffs and they they surprise us all by beating the Yankees in the wild card game, and now we're all back on board. Now it's a Red Sox World Series. Yeah, now we sound like Cowboys fans. <laughs> so you send the page the, the Patriots, you send the Red Sox to the divisional series, and they go out and they win it. And they beat one of the best teams in major league baseball. So now they've beat the Yankees and they beat the Reds. Right? So they, yep. they, they beat the Yankees and they beat the Rays. They beat divisional opponents. Now they go up against the Astros and we're riding high and then they lose. Well, now management is treating it as, well, we're, we're just a year away and we got to the, we got to the ALCS and, you know, and you hear all the rhetoric from Alex Cora. I, I almost got tired of him too, because he, a couple of years ago, he wasn't talking like John Henry talks when he's sitting at the picnic bench at Fenway South in Fort Myers, where it's just feeding us this crap of what we're going to see and what he hopes to have. And what, and it's just like, I I don't want to hear that. And I don't want to hear it from the manager. I want to hear the truth and the honesty from Alex Cora that he would tell us in 2018 and 2019. That's what I want to hear from that guy. I don't, I don't want to hear this rhetoric about how our pitching was and should have been and how our hitting, you know, wasn't as good as it is. Like, don't feed me the crap. Don't tell me it's going to get better. Just do better. Right. This team the way they started, the way they played in the playoffs, not how they finished in the ALCS. Yes, went further than we thought they were going to go in April. They should have gone further than they did because they're a better team than what they were at the end of the season in the ALCS. They're a better team. They should have won 100 games. And, and I think I'm partly biased because I just don't like John Henry. I don't like the Fenway group. I think their, I think their ownership style is very much, we're going to get everybody excited so we can get the money and we'll keep them chomping at the bit. And then every couple of years, we'll go win a championship. And that's great. And you know what? I think Mike has said it to me before. Or Dave, wouldn't you rather go get a championship every couple of years? Well, yeah, but I don't want to be at the bottom of the basement or not competing. And not that we're not competing. They won 92 games. They went to the ALCS. It wasn't enough. Right. I, I, I think that um, they, the trade deadline is what changed the perception, uh, I think, within the clubhouse, right? It, it, it was overblown for local media. Different talk shows talked about it. You know, we, we spoke it? about it to an extent. What, what do you mean? Like, was it overblown to me? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I felt like guys like Tomasi and, you know, they was kind of like, oh, like, you know, well, I, I'm, I'm maybe, maybe overblown's not the word, but I feel like they, they was killing, they was killing them. Go ahead. Go ahead. Greg. They were leading the division by like seven games at that point. Needed, uh, needed that extra exclamation point to really kind of put them over the top and they didn't get so, that. Truth, truth be told. Well, I, but my thing is, I, I disagree. Like, I, okay. From a pitching standpoint, no, they didn't get that. Sure. But yeah. Kyle Schwarber was fucking amazing down Yeah, the but steps. he didn't play until like six weeks after the trade deadline. Sure. Well, but it was hurt when they got him. For, yeah, for exactly. The moment, for the moment that he was on, he was great for us. So uh, that to me, that part's a wash. Like, how I bring him over here? Because there's not too many I know that didn't want Anthony Rizzo. They want Anthony Rizzo. Let's be real. People say, even myself was saying, 
go get Rizzo from the Cubs. Like that, people say that. So the fact that he was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to get short with someone who's an on base guy, which has been their philosophy since the Theo FC days. You know, get someone that's getting on base. Someone's going to draw walks or just see what's it really draw walks. You know, short was on base, uh, percentage per scene, OPS guy. So he, he was great from that standpoint. And people was getting on the Robles thing. Robles for five weeks did not give up a run. He didn't give up a run for five weeks. He so was yes, better than I thought did. he was going to be. Yeah, me too. Right, exactly. So I'm just like, the fa- so I'm like, the, the, like you said, Joe, like the pieces were there. But yeah, it was overstated to me that it was like, well, you know what? It kind of took the wind out of their sails. Because that became the narrative immediately after the trade deal. And I get it. Should they have given up crazed guy Jared Durant from back shirts? And you damn right. And I cannot, oh God. I, that that to me blows. That we want to talk about the email Yudoka thing. We might talk about something at the end, but you want to talk about something mind-boggling to see you use in his, in his presser, uh, you know, in, in the game last night. It's mind-boggling to me that a guy that was even on your fucking postseason roster couldn't get dealt for Max Scherzer. You couldn't get rid of that guy. We're not talking about Cassis. We're not talking about oh. all the guys that with you couldn't give him Durant and some other pieces to go get Scherzer at that time. That that would have been a huge jump for this team. And who knows? Maybe they do get the hundred games, and then now everything comes to Fenway Park. Is I, Max I, Scherzer I, in the World Series? Could have been. He's not. But I, I, on, on this on oh. this team on this roster, they, I, I think I think they would have got there. And I understand the Dodgers are they were a wagon, but outside of the Mickey Mouse season last year, when they get to the postseason, they have choked under Dave Roberts. So they've they've been what they've been. Uh, shout out to Dennis Rain. They are who we thought they were. They they always fall at this moment. So they got through a short season and they had the best team in the short season, which is why they end up winning, in my opinion. Neutral site, all that good stuff. They won. Great. Awesome. Congratulations, so, they robbed him. But I, I, yeah, I'll that's, that's not taking long. Looking at what they gave up for, for Schwarber, who is, I mean, Washington was going to deal him no matter what regardless. happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And looking at Anthony Rizzo, because Chicago was going to deal him no matter what happened. And looking at what the Dodgers gave up for Max Scherzer, because they were going to deal him out of Washington no matter what happened, Mm -hmm. you really realistically could have gone and gotten all three of those guys. Right. Now, the the reason why they may not have wanted to is because two of those guys, Rizzo and Scherzer, I think would have been rentals. All three of them wanted Schwarber's free. All three Schwarber's up this year, too. So... Had you gone out and gotten all three, now you're looking at three rentals for giving up a lot. And and Jaron Duran is still young, and they may have called him up too early. Now, we all were on them about bringing up a lot of the young kids because after right. the break, we thought, well, well, they're they're done. Like, let's bring up some of the kids and let them get some time. But we were wrong, and we may have been wrong about Jaron Duran, but we, we don't know if we're wrong about him yet. Let's give him time. Now, would, you, would I have traded him? For Max Scherzer to go lose in the ALCS, no, right? Like it's kind of like that, the the selling your soul to the devil. If you can promise me Max Scherzer in a World Series, I'll do it. I'll do it yesterday. If you could promise me that we're going to win the World Series, but he's not going to sign back and we lose Jaron Duran, I'd still probably take right, it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of yeah course. right. Let's go get the World Series. You're really going to trade a potential starting center fielder for one postseason? For a World Series. Yeah, for a World Series. Absolutely. Yeah. Not for Absolutely. a postseason, not for an ALCS, not for a pennant, for a World Series. Right, but my, my thing is... I no, mean, well, hang on. Now I just went against what I just said about the Fenway group. No, no, so I don't, <laughs> I don't no, think no, no, I can right. do this. I, I, I hear, but, but, but this is my thing, right? Like, we, we already acknowledge all three of us 
Phillips and really uh, Michael Barbicelli. We acknowledge that this was a run that was unexpected, right? Yes, sure. they so would say they should have won 90 games. I mean, they should have won 100 games. But at the end of the day, depend, looking at the eye test showed, they should have got this far. So my thing is, if you could have pushed back the starters, so say if you're not having Evaldi or whoever pitched, maybe Sale's not pitching a game three or four, and it's Scherzer, Evaldi, then Sale and Erod, are you kidding me? I'm taking my chances. And then you have help and prevented the guys that come after them and you push everyone back down. That's my thought process. Like, now granted, it's not good. Nothing's guaranteed, right? It's sports. Like anything can happen. But I just to me, I just you have to you have to boost up your chances. And that there would have boosted the chances. Now, I to me, I like I said, I think about the right now. Granted, Duran could be someone next year that comes back and be what Jackie Bradley was defensively. And and more. who knows? But it's just right now. I'm just like, well, damn, to be this close and not have a horse that can get you there. It reared as ugly head at the wrong time. And I just think to me, if you want to give it up, Cassis, and you wasn't giving up uh, Jeter Downs, and you wasn't giving up any of those guys that you know we talked about in the system. But yeah, Craig can eloquently break down better than all of us because he follows it more. If you wasn't giving up those two guys in the deal. To me, just everything's on the table. It, it, it just my opinion. Once again, if if you if you think you can get there, but once again, like Joe said, if they they can get there, so it's kind of like, well, we just kind of see how far we do. We'll, we'll do a little bit to appease appease the crowd to an extent. But I mean, granted, like you don't want to give up your first, second, and third best possible to get those guys. But my thing is, I, I'm always going to go out the picture. You can get the picture, even if it is for a rental. Do what you can, and then kind of take care of everything afterwards. Like time seems like he's going to draft well. It just looks like he's going to draft well. I like the I like the shortstop they got in, in his draft last year. Like I think he's just going to draft well. So I trust him to build that. Go get whoever. This is this is not Kansas City. This is not even the Anaheim Angels. Oh, sorry, Los Angeles Angels, Anaheim, whatever you want to call. It. This is not that. Go get the player. Go get him. Go get him. Oh, the Max Scherzer trade wasn't even just for Max Scherzer. It was also for Trey Turner too. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, so you are you kidding me? So you get a guy that can play. Uh, come on, come on. And then they literally was like, "Here, take just just bend me over and take my take take whoever." That's come on. And we you you telling me that um that that, that Durant to be the centerpiece for those guys? Absolutely. Come on, I, I'm out being a little bit myself with a sign saying "Walk with home." That that would have been perfect. That would have been perfect. <laughs> That'd have been that great. Been, that would would have been after he had dropped off Brandon Bolden to to be shipped exactly. off wherever his ass was. Been. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, it's like, come on, that that's perfect, man. So I, here's I, another I, I thing. That, you, you're so right, like, I thought I forgot all about trade something. That's insane. So you got yeah, you got two quality guys there. That's crazy. The Dodgers really didn't give up that much to get those two either. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's always those. Yeah, man. I'm like, and granted, maybe Scherzer didn't want to come to Boston, but I know Scherzer had a no trade. Thanks. So maybe Boston was a list was on the list of teams that he wasn't going to go to, and obviously we we're going to trade for Zach Greinke because Zach Greinke is basically a corpse. You know, there's certain guys I think of like you was you wasn't going to go and get in the, at the trade deadline, but I don't know, man. They they got to I don't know if you get that guy for San Francisco. I don't know if you go. I, I don't know who they're going to get in the offseason, but and we could do a whole offseason preview when we get there. But they got to address the starting pitcher. And damn, damn, their way to Tampa Bay was doing it. Fuck that. You just beat them. That shit ain't working. They lost in the World Series. Kevin Cash had the best pitcher on the mound of Blake Snell and said, hey, you know what? Because That's we can't go through the lineup three freaking times, I'm going to go sit Blake Snell. Even in the game where I can go home, I'm going to so let's not follow that. Let's not follow that. We can follow some other stuff about how 
that's not even just Kevin Cash. That's baseball now. Yeah, but he's the he's he's the, he's the poster child for that though. Like, sure, he's, he's sure, the guy. But that's yeah, everybody. He's now. the poster child. But I, I was like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like that that to me, like that. You know, you know what to me. We want to go back to the Houston series. You know, one of them that series outside of the sticky stuff, and I'm gonna say that that's, that shit up the win. I don't, I don't care what uh, we can say. We want about oh, well, Corey did that. Fine, whatever. You went yes, to Whistle Gate too. Yeah, Whistle Gate, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that game was it. Was it Game Four when he let or is it either Game Four or Game Five, one or two? When he left his picture in because he knew his picture was dealing. That's old school man. That's like you know what y'all can't hit this motherfucker. So guess what? I'm not taking him out. So that's please. how you manage. Not the well. He went five in the third. We may have to worry about the next game, so we're gonna take him out. Fuck that. Nate was dealing. Sam was dealing too. Ride them dudes until the wheels fall off. Like the yeah, that's. An, I just yeah, the eye test shows it. Sam was dealing. Next thing, Nate Nambali was dealing. Like you have to forget that those moments. You have to look at it and be like, all right, they can't hit this dude until we see a triple go off the wall or. We get a few hits in a row, then we'll think about pulling him. But as long as they're swinging and missing on on any pitch that they're throwing, you keep them out there. Like this is everything doesn't have to be a great little situation. You you can be able to tell when someone and and you can take them out. But I I don't know, man. Listen, Dusty Baker won in that series that game when he was like, you know what? They can't hit my guy. I'm keeping him in there. Save the bullpen. Save the series. And now you see them. They're they're going uh, back to game three, tied one to one. So. You know, little things like that matter. I test matters. So here's a little um, hitch in the giddy up. In 34 days, we may not have an MLB option yeah. to talk about because the CBA expires on December 1st, and they've already canceled the winter meetings, mm. which could mean after a COVID year where the minor leagues got shut down, where they only played 60 games. And we had the commissioner drunk at the final game of the World Series. <laughs> we could have a work stoppage that could delay the start of spring training. Now, they're saying right now that if there is a work stoppage, it's not going to delay the start of the season, but it could delay the, the start of, of spring training. So who knows what the hell that means. But nonetheless, that's not good for Major League Baseball and could be a reason why the Red Sox didn't go out and trade for more guys with expiring contracts because there's going to be a lot of changes to the uh, luxury tax uh, and owners want to implement a, a salary cap. And I think there should be a salary cap, but I think it should be based off the NFL salary cap, not the NHL and the NBA salary cap. The NBA hey, salary cap right. is the stupidest yeah. thing of all time. Go ahead, go ahead, bro. But... How do you do that in Major League Baseball? The contract's already screwed up as it is. Right. Like, dude, worry about that shit. You, have to, you have to restructure. You have to restructure. And that's why it's going uh, go to work. Yeah, that's, 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 well, that's, that's, that, that's why there's going to be a stoppage. Because yeah, the players, right. yeah, that's, that's not going to work. But listen, we're, we're, we have worry about that shit in the offseason, bro. Like, it's just like you worry about the well, right, now, right now. It's coming. No, I know. No, I'm saying, but no, I'm saying, but I'm saying you saying that's me what they said. Hold off for it. No, no, fuck that. Wait, you're in the moment. If they surpass what you thought was going to be cool, it's like, you know what? We believe in this team. We're going to, we, we back y'all. We, we, we got y'all. Like, I, I, I remember, um, great. They, they didn't win it, uh, this year, but I'm going into basketball a little bit. But I remember in 2010 or the 09 season going into 2010 when the Celtics ended up going back to, uh, the finals. But the year before they went 62 games, they lose to 
Orlando and seven because KG got hurt. That summer, they say, you know what? Okay, we need to address things. They go get Rasheed Wallace. They go get some other guys, some veteran talent there. You know, uh, they were a top four seed. They didn't go to the final. Yeah, they lost a seven, but it's like, then he said, okay, we're a few pieces away. We're going to do that. Like, that's the type of mentality you got to have. Once again, this core just won a championship three years ago. So they still had a lot of guys there. Xander, Devers, JD, you know, Sale. Like, there were still guys there that won that championship in 2018. So it's not like the guys haven't been there. And they even guys who brought it, Kike just won last year. Verdugo's been in the playoffs. He played in the World Series a few years ago. Like, you had guys that are battle-tested. All you needed was an extra boost or even two. They got the boost to Shorber. They needed the boost in the starting rotation as well. And, and, and the fact that they didn't do that, you know, speaks to their ineptitude as an ownership, as Joe has alluded to uh, many times before. So it's, 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 it's ridiculous. But once again, I get it. Four rings in 17 years or 19 years, I get it. It's phenomenal. I, I would not... We're not knocking out. And just to me, you, you could have had a chance at a fifth one. Uh, and yes, I get it. Have we become a sport in, in the city? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Fine. We, we want, you, want to, you want to label us that? Fine. We haven't become Yankees fans, as Mike is alluding to in our group chat. That is far from that. And I know he's saying that more so with the Patriots. But we're not, we're not Yankees fans. Uh, we're not screaming 27 rings every time. We're not screaming six every time we, we lose a game or win a game. Like It's, it's not that serious. Uh, we have been the best. And, you know, that, that, that's just what it is. But now we're in the era of Red Sox baseball when the city expects the team to win if they get there. Because when they've gotten to the World Series the last four times, they've won. So they expect them. If they get there, they're going to win. And you're doing whatever you can. So whether that's adding a Julio Lugo back in the day, J.D. Drew, Bobby Kelty, you know, Mike Clark, you know, I'm just, you know, whatever name. I was like, I don't want to go in that rabbit hole. I'm just thinking about certain guys that came. Mike Napoli. You know, there's certain guys you think like, okay, hey, Johnny Gomes, you know. You get certain guys, and he kind of did his thing here because Hunter Renfro was better than we expected. Well, listen, better than I was. I thought he was going to be uh, Renfro, Kike, you know, uh, Christian Arroyo. I wish that we got Jose Iglesias back earlier. But I do think he would have made a difference in that nine hole. There's a few games where I feel like he could have got to hit the opposite field or get a bunt down that would have changed the flow of the game. But we'll never know because he, he wasn't on the field. He was just there to push the cart around. Uh, and I just wish he was able to push that cart more because that means we'd be in the freaking World Series. Uh, but that's unfortunate. But I mean, hey, uh, hopefully this not a work stoppage completely. Or if it is, hopefully it doesn't linger into April and May. Because uh, if there's any sport that needs to capitalize on how hot they are right now is baseball. Uh, the viewership has been way up. Uh, the full season, I remember the Yankees the Red Sox game was one of the highest watched games uh, ever on, on ESPN. So that, that says a lot. So capitalize, you know, strike while the iron's hot, uh, Rob Manfred. Do not, do not... Uh, Jet put the jet put the game in jeopardy uh because you want to appease the owners. And I get it. You work for the owners, we understand that. But at the end of the day, they are not coming to see John Henry. They are not coming to see uh, you know, the Steinberg of the Net. They're not coming. They're not coming to see Brian Cashman. They're not coming to see any of those guys. They're coming to see Fernando Tatis. They're coming to see Devers. They're coming to see JD Martinez. They're coming to see, you know, uh, you know, all, all these great players that Emily MLB has to offer. That's what they're coming to see. They're not coming to see ownership. So find a way to get the deal done so that we can get baseball back and you know, hopefully the rest of us can sign some, some valuable pieces in the offseason that we're saying your, 22, your 2022 world champions are the Boston Red Sox. We can only hope. And we can only hope that Major League Baseball can figure it out because even at the player level, there's a lot going on there. Although they have said that Major League Baseball teams will start to pay for housing for their minor league players in 2022. 
And having known many minor league baseball players through my years of working through the Cape League, and uh, th- those guys get paid peanuts. So now they'll get housing and they will have their pay on top of that, which is a move in the right direction for minor leaguers and, and guys that you're investing in. And if you're going to invest in, in employees, uh, you need to allow these changes and allow these improvements. But Ray, you know the reason why we don't say sit here and say kiss the rings and that six rings and all that? Because the greatest quarterback of all time was once asked, which one is your favorite Super Bowl ring? And his answer was the, the next, next one. one. Right. Thank you for joining us on Missing the Point. He's Ray Sean Buchanan. I'm Joe Malkin. Craig D'Alessandro, our EP. As always, we'll talk to you next time. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab, an electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast.